Um, mm, oh, it's Nazi. Mm. Are you eating <clears throat> a pear apple? <laughs> Have you ever heard of a pear apple? Sorry, let me start over. Have you ever heard of a Japanese pear apple? I mean, technically no, but it's sounds very much like something that I would think would exist. And so I probably have some vague memory of it in my mind. Yeah. What I have heard of is not eating when you're on a podcast. Uh, I have heard of that, that practice, mm-hmm. that, that, uh, that idea, that concept. I think he briefly thought he could pull it off. We're talking about an episode of Roderick on the line. And again, I just want to clarify, we're on like at this point, like a two year run of good episodes. John won't admit it, but <clears throat> it did just come out yesterday and he listened to it. But I talked about writing, John, did you hear that part? I did. I didn't hear that part. You used to be a writer. You remember that? Mm, I still am. Did you know you're one of the people that that I think is a better writer than most real writers? I don't know what that means, but sure. Okay. Oh, sorry. Are you saying I'm not a real writer? What are you saying? I'm saying, you, yeah, saying I'm a clown. Funny. I amuse you. The way you, you talk. The way you talk. You, it's like the funny. The way you tell the story. Yeah, the way I, sorry. Oh, so close. No, no, no. I am um, sorry. I uh, wow. We do not have time for this, John. We have so much stuff to talk about. What I said yesterday on Mastodon or a couple of days ago is I was linking to <laughs> Apple News Plus. I, is like I think what's finally sorry Apple News Plus is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. I think that is what's finally going to push me over the edge to realizing I really I need to more formally get what is called news out of my life. And I think the oh, what yeah. is well the Just, what is the what is called news part becomes important though, don't you think? Uh, no. <laughs> I don't think. Well, give me your uh, take. I I agree that Apple News is terrible. It's so terrible. I've tuned John, I've tuned it so hard. No, you can't tune it. Why you I why are you trying to tune it? There's no tuning it. There's no Well, I see no I, I've accepted that with Google News. I understand that Google News, the rumors I've heard are that Google News is hardly even attached to anything anymore. They Everybody's out of the news business, blah, blah, whatever. But News Plus, I was like, oh, this is Apple, and they're cool, and they're no, doing... No, but see, this is this, you're, you're coming at it the wrong way. What you got to think okay. is, this is Apple, and they're so bad at doing sort of algorithmic recommendation stuff type for stuff. People. I think they're bad at stuff for people. Right. Like th- that whole that whole uh, thing of like, hey, figure out what I like and based on my taste, you know, feed me content that suits my taste. Apple has never been good at that. They're the worst at it. So you trying yeah. to tune that machine to not do what it does out of the box is doomed to failure, because in Apple's case, you're lucky if it does what it's supposed to do, which is essentially feed up stuff that the, the majority of people find appealing. But you're not the majority of people. Your tastes are not in that part of the yeah. bell curve. And Merlin 2024 would put it this way. Um, first of all, you do it in the third person. But also, mm-hmm. it's like, uh, how was I describing this? Oh, I was just saying to my kid another unrequested thing. God, I'm so far deep in the stack already. I'm so sorry. I said to my kid, we were ta- watching something. Oh, you know, we were watching the Golden Globes live. So we were saying, I was like, how do you feel about all these commercials? Like, you usually don't have this many commercials. Like, oh, whatever, I don't care. But I was like, it's interesting, though. Like, you know, there's this concept that you probably know. You could basically summarize as this. There are places that sell on price and that there are places that sell on features. And there's more to it than that. But like almost every ad is for something that's, you know, selling on price. And it's about, you know, closeout sales and Rakuten and all that kind of stuff. But I was, I I don't know. I, I was just, I was just thinking about like how, like what a blunt instrument that is. And like, 
You know what? I'm sorry. I don't want to dig this in. Wait, wait, should we start over? Should we start over? No, no. Just I, 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 I get what you're saying, but what, I, what I'm saying is that this, this you will never be able to bend this tool to you. What I said was something like, because I think this is in such an interesting point of nuance that has been valuable for me, and I, I hope it's, if it is accurate, I hope it's valuable for other people, is that like something you and I, or I, I end up saying to you, I don't know if you agree, but there's so many times where I'm like, okay, you've got an X axis, you got a Y axis, like where's your Z axis or where's your, whatever comes after Z axis. Like whenever you, when we talk about this with facets, right. And things like ratings and reviews. And honestly, apart from my beef with you, one of the reasons I don't do many reviews on letterbox is like, like two and a half. What? Like, it's just, it's just weird. Stars. Like there's no context. Stars. So, so, how do you say it? Stars. Oh, and that's why you know, say Estrella. Okay. Okay. Um, but here's the thing. Uh, and, uh, oh God, I'm so sorry. I didn't eat and I didn't sleep. And I didn't sleep much last night because I watched seven episodes of Fargo season two last night. And that's a lot of TV in one night. Um, but I was saying, you know, the other thing to think about is like, who is this for? Not as in like that either, either that particular person or this like large demographic group, but I mean, if I can look at Apple News Plus, and this is admittedly a little cynical, they want an app with content for people who would open that app and use it, right? I first thought this is something I would be so interesting because, you know, I, I like to approach almost everything as an experiment, you know, just to like think, what's my, what's my like, how, what am I coming in with here? Rather than going like, oh, here's just another, you know, shovel full of news. Like, well, could I tune this to be about something that interests me? Like, I've got plenty of sources for tech and politics. Like, could I tune this more for whether that's, like, I do have an interest in, like, you would never know it to look at me, but I do have an interest in fashion. Like, you know, I have an interest in, um, wait, like, wait, what is your interest in fashion? My ex, I don't know why I'm imagining I'm covering up something very salacious. My ex-wife was very <gasps> into fashion. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> i am i'm a gay divorcee yeah yeah Uh, your your ex-wife got me real into it and so and like i learned so much that this is why i can identify probably unlike a lot of 57 year old men i could go that's the non-pure ways to dress and this is why that doesn't look that good on you or this is why you're interested in women's fashion yeah i am and um i mean not I don't know. I mean, like, well, I don't think I'll, I, I, I'm being, I sound like I'm being defensive about it, but like, whatever it is, here's, here's what I'm trying to say is I don't need another place that's just for tech headlines, tech as in, and tech, which of course has What now about come. celebrity news? You need a place oh, for that? Oh, we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, as they say on all the podcasts, we'll get to that. Uh, but I thought, you know, it, it, one frustration of mine, I, I imagine a frustration of yours is like, I don't know, how technology has now come to mean consumer technology that you buy in a store or online, right? It's like, but real like technology technology is is very interesting to me. Like doesn't I mean even beyond stuff like like obviously quantum computing and things is, are interesting to me, but like was the section the section of the newspaper used to be called? What was the name of it when we were kids? Science and technology, right? Science and technology or like science you know, was right there next to it. Science and technology. Did you now, have like a D section? We had an A, B, and C section in our paper. A was international and national. Uh, Newsday had part one and part two. With Roman numerals, if you can. Is this in the Herald or the Tribune? No, Newsday. Oh, Newsday. Oh, oh New York Long, Newsday. Long Island paper. Of course, of course. Um, 
And Robert Caro worked for Newsday. Oh, no kidding. In the 60s? Yeah. Or like all through. Okay. Um, <clears throat> um, oh, boy. I'm really so sorry. Uh, not enough sleep. Uh, a Kirsten Dunst episode of Fargo. Um, my terminal is updating. And I was talking to you about, you know, um, I thought, I guess I thought I can tune this to be something. Oh, the technology issue. Oh, yes. Yeah, so a section. You got international and national. <laughs> and, and also, don't, yeah, don't skip the FU. I won't. Oh, you do want to still look my FU? No, no. Just, I got to teach you how to read the document. Maybe we need to have a seminar. We, have, we can have a webinar. We'll schedule I, a webinar. I mean, this makes sense to you, but that's not really that useful to a, you know, a normal. It's with a tiny bit of information, suddenly the world will open up to you and it will become useful to you. Talking about the a section that says follow up and front matter? Yeah. So yeah. what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, my wife. <laughs> X. <laughs> High five. High five. Um, and uh, yeah, so there was Apple News. There was Kirsten Dunst on uh, Fargo. And then what was I saying to you about uh, sections oh, of the newspaper? A, fashion, a, is, a is international technology. and national. B, and we also want to do follow up. B is um, <laughs> B is local. C is sports. And then D was now listen, this is not my phrase. The phrase that this used to be called in our previous century was oh, the women's page yeah, but that right. would be features so that could also be like one day a week that might be your health or it might be food and dining or whatever right you know things that only women care about like food and health well like life and having a house and mm -hmm. um you know mental and emotional health that's not going to be in the women's section clearly so they're going to do a special women's issue <laughs> it's the year of the woman we all agreed remember that patty murray and her tennis shoes that was gonna be a big year um, and that, you know, that was, that's now 30, 31 years ago. My goodness. Um, anyway, my wife got me into fashion. I thought I could tune it and listen, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not a prompt engineer or anything, mm -hmm, but yeah, I thought right. I, there You're must be a way. prompt engineer at this point. Well, and even thinking like, you know, because this is the, because my brain is like it is. And I think, oh, like, I don't really understand how something like, I, I don't, I'm sure you could guess about this way more than I could even ever understand if you explained it to me slowly. But if I hit the thumbs up button, as opposed to hits the, hit the thumbs down button, as opposed to Reddit once or twice, as opposed to share, like those are all like little bits of information to let you know what somebody's interest is, even if it's interest that is at odds with what they claim is their interest, right? Um, especially, I imagine if you're a creep, but I don't know. I thought I would be able to like just thumbs up and thumbs my way down. And so back to the celebrity thing. Listen, listen, I don't have anything against celebrities, but like I, this is not a bit like I just, it really, it does bug me how much I am compelled to see things that are about people who are famous and their relationships and speculation about their life and the look of hers that I should steal this season and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and I thought I could do it. And it was, it started to feel like, I don't know, either Lucille, either Lucy and uh, Ethel or maybe Metropolis. It started to feel like I keep hitting this button and like, it's not doing anything. It's, it's so bad, but maybe I'm not who it's for. No. Yeah. Like I said, the button, the button is not, it's a weak button. <laughs> you know, oh, that's, that's Apple's good. not good and making things tailored to taste. So all you get is straight up the middle, fat part of the bell curve, and you can press that button all you want, and it'll be perturbed by like a fraction of a degree off the center of that bell curve, and then it'll just slowly drift back because 
Apple's not good at that. Now, is that is that something adjacent to what has been called could, could be called a reversion to the mean? Like, I, when I hear no, reversion it, to the no, mean, this is just because it's it's Apple creating this machinery. We like the kind of well, personalized. I just mean the sense of like like w- like when I hear reversion to the mean in my head, I I also think of like a certain kind of like inertia is too strong a word, but hegemony <laughs> maybe, but a way that every th- kind of thing kind of keeps coming back to this like what can be pre-chewed and like you know shared with people and. Travis Kelsey's plans for Taylor Swift's birthday party were just something I had to know about if I wanted to know what's happening that, in Gaza. Is that a real name or did you just like, I don't know if that's... I a... say Travis Kels on purpose. His to... name is Travis? Oh, I don't know. I'm from Ohio. But I, I, I deliberately, I, I think, like Randy Travis, I'm going to love you forever and ever, amen. See, I, I'm, I'm living proof that you can not be exposed to this well, stuff. It's almost I have like no we're idea. different people sometimes. I mean, I know, you, I know yeah. Taylor Swift is dating somebody. I think he's a football player, but I don't know. His yes, name. yes, okay. So, uh, hey, everybody, and welcome back to it's, it's now really, truly, officially the new year, and you can tell because it, we're only recording this ten days before you hear it. Hey, hey, John, how's your? It's 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 January 9th. How, how's your how, how's your new year going? It's going great so far. Yeah. Do you want to do some follow up? I do want to do some follow up. Okay. Where where should we start? Uh, I'm going to skip your weird question marky thing because it tried to cut the line and that's no good. Uh, the okay. first follow-up item. Uh, this is from a toot from Instantiate This, which is kind of like... I thought, uh, I thought, my, I thought my administrative meta stuff w- would be good first. No, sorry. Okay. Uh, this is, mm-hmm. Instantiate This is kind of an object-oriented provocation, which I enjoy. And if that's not what it is, don't tell me. Should that be Camel Case, John? Uh, this It's up to the person. Everyone gets to choose their own In name. In JavaScript, yeah. you usually capitalize that T though, right? Sure, yeah. Okay. Uh, Here is the post. Because of watching Millennium Actress and the Rectif's connection, I'm now thinking about best first favorite anime, and it is so hard. Can you appreciate cozy anime if you haven't seen the chaotic one? Do I need to rewatch all the things from before 2010 to readjust my ratings? (laughs) Anyway, Princess Mononoke is somewhere on that list, right? This is the question. I just want to say I, I really do like this question, and I... I have had somewhat adjacent question. I think it's a very good question that a, that a normal person would ask. So I, I, what I hope is the obvious answer to everyone listening who's ever heard me talk about this. I'm going to start by saying that anime is not a genre. Uh, it's more of a medium, your animation with a, a particular style or origin. Uh, and so best first favorite anime is kind of like saying best first favorite live action movie. Yeah, you know like what I mean? Drama, or best first favorite Hollywood film. movie. <laughs> right, yeah. It's really, uh, I mean, you can do it. it. As an exercise, you can do it, but it is so incredibly broad. Best first favorite uh, Miyazaki would be a good one, maybe. Like mm-hmm. narrow it down to a particular, you know, studio or director or writer or animator. But even if it's not studio, studio Ghibli, it's kind of tough. There you go. Be- yeah. Best, yeah, best first favorite uh, giant robot anime. Like you really need to narrow it down more than that. Um, we don't actually have time to watch this question, but I will answer the, uh, I mean, to, to do the best first favorite thing, but I can say, just so, just so you know, I would be more than happy to return to this at some point. I, I yeah, have we'll some we'll add it to the list, but I will say that, uh, you know, can you appreciate a cozy anime if you haven't seen a chaotic one? Absolutely. Absolutely. You can. Do you need to rewatch everything to readjust your rating? What's an example of a cozy one? It's not like Ponyo. What do you call cozy? Uh, Kiki's delivery service. Uh, um, yeah, sure. A whisper of the heart. Uh, Totoro, I guess. Uh, the lots fireflies. Of... Yeah. No, no, that's not one. 
<laughs> I'm uh, kidding. <laughs> do I need to rewatch all things before 2010 to readjust my movie. ratings? It's a really good movie. Now. Yeah. So readjusting ratings is interesting. I say this all the time and it doesn't matter how many times I say it because it just bounces off your brain. But if you see a rating for me for a movie you knew I saw like in the 80s or something and I haven't seen it since, yeah. you got to take that rating with a grain of salt because mm. I'm guessing based on my impression of it when I was like 13. You know what I mean? Oh like, yeah, I do. And yeah. And so rewatching will almost always cause you to readjust ratings, but you don't need to rewatch them. When I rewatch things, when I rewatch movies, I do adjust them in Letterboxd. But keep in mind, 99.9% of the ratings that I have in Letterboxd are for movies that I watched before Letterboxd existed. And I'm going back in my mind and trying to think about what I thought of them at the time. And it's difficult. So right. you will readjust ratings. You should readjust ratings if you rewatch something from a long time ago, but you don't have to go back. You can just let them be how you remembered them. Uh, if you do decide to go back and watch them, though, yeah, readjust those ratings. Um, I, I this is not a, a question that you're probably prepared for or excited about, but I'm always prepared. I'm not prepared. <laughs> I'm prepared. Uh, well, I mean, I guess, like, for example, like, oh god, this is so dumb. But like, I feel like if you were to take a genre of like, you know, like sci-fi, and like, it, you know, with with uh, the the I don't want to say gun to your head, but like where, where you say to somebody, well, like what, what is like the unmissable sci-fi movie for somebody who's not familiar with the genre? Like, I don't love that question, but if I had to answer it, I might say 2001. I'm just off the dome, right? Like I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't say Guardians of the Galaxy, although I love it, but right. Are there, are there like anime movies that you consider, I don't know, like Akira or like, um, uh, the one that, uh, the, uh, the one with the, with the girl with the body that Scarlett Johansson remade. What's uh, it Ghost in the Shell. Ghost in the Shell. I, I mean, are there certain kinds of like sort of tentpole anime things where you're like, is that a good first anime in general? Or is it just so diverse that there's no point trying to approach it from that angle? I mean, there are anime movies like that, but they're very much like the equivalent of Citizen Kane, right? You hear that all the time. Oh, Citizen Kane, one of the great movies. If you're into movies, you have to watch Citizen Kane. But how many yeah. people do you know, modern people, who watch Citizen Kane and outside of all the baggage, watch it and enjoy it, right? Like, I know it's an important movie right, and, right, right. and people may appreciate it and like no, it, but there's I, so I, much- I know from my own firsthand experience that you're absolutely correct. I'm avoiding being such a tryhard to say I literally watched it two weeks ago with Ebert's commentary, but you're absolutely right. And it's not to say it's a bad movie. It's just that it's like, no, it's, no, a no, more, no. it's an important movie more than it's a good movie. And I would never give that to someone as, hey, I've never seen a movie before. Well, think of that. Think about that with books, like with, with, with books and how everybody, oh, I'm a book person. I love books. And it's like, well, I mean, like, have you reread that book recently? Not that I'm trying to like dunk on you, but like, you know, and, and you're up, but you're also absolutely right about that thing of like revisiting where off the dome, like I, like I said, I'm rewatching for the third, fourth time rewatching season two of Fargo, which is one of my favorite seasons of TV. And, you know, that's one where like, yeah, on subsequent rewatches, it does in a weird way kind of somehow go up. There are not that many eighties comedies where it actually does go up. Right. I mean, something like Ferris Bueller's Day Off for me remains like best of breed, but I wouldn't say it's gone to being a seven star movie. You know what I mean? Like it's unusual for stuff that you, as you would say about Casey's uh, nipple computer, the nostalgic pick. Right. Sometimes when you go back, you're like, yeah, this is good, but it's. Yeah. I mean, but things like, uh, you know, the sort of tentpole movies, things like Citizen Kane 2001, those do hold up, but you would never offer them as a as an entry point into the into the movies. Right. Because you, you need you need some background to fully appreciate them. 
and they're not like yeah. entry point. You want to be like a smooth entry of like, if you want someone to like movies, maybe the first movie they ever see probably shouldn't be Citizen Kane or 2001. That's right? absolutely true. So there's really not an answer to that question. There's not like a, you can bone up by here's five movies that if you watch a couple of these, you will have gotten a remedial course. Yeah. Well, I mean, but the thing is people aren't coming in entirely cold to anime because they've seen movies and they've probably seen animated movies. I, I do have a, a kind of an ordered list of here's how you should start watching, uh, you know, Miyazaki movies kind of in order from gentlest to most difficult. But the idea that you would watch oh, the gentle ones wow. when you're like, watching, if you're watching with, with Kiki kids. starts with Kiki, doesn't it? No, it starts with Totoro. Totoro, okay, yeah. yeah Totoro's, Totoro's not, like it starts with the movie that's most appropriate to the youngest child, and you work your way up the list as your kid gets older. It's kind of parenting focused, but it works for people as well. And you will travel from Totoro, which is rated G, you know, family fun, but shows you what the medium is capable of and what this director is like, and blah blah. And you work your way up to much, much more difficult Miyazaki movies that hopefully you watch when you're, you know, yeah, up to being an adult. Uh, we just recorded an incomparable about the boy and the heron. And if you haven't seen that yet, uh, obviously don't listen to the podcast first because it'll spoil it. But uh, it's not Totoro. Yeah. Yeah. You, you clued me about that. Um, thank you to um, listener instantiate this. Can I just do? Oh, now what? Which part? Should I, these are both short. You've got you got a correction. Oh, correction. My dad. The corrections department. My dad. I said last week because I was just talking fast like I do. Um, it doesn't matter, but the story probably doesn't make sense. I describe my dad as having astigmatism. I have astigmatism. What my dad had was like a thousand percent. He was very short sighted and, um, I'm pretty sure he was dyslexic. And so I was just, <laughs> these are what? time traveling, non-medical diagnoses. Anyway, <clears throat> glad I could correct that. Thank you for the opportunity. Also mm -hmm. chapter markers. Okay. So here's the thing. This episode is a bonus episode. You get you get bonus, uh, as John says, content with this. And uh, for those of you who are uh, folks who support the show, thank you very much. Uh, you should see a chapter marker down there. You see me pointing down. Corn, I'm pointing down here. Um, you should see a chapter marker that you can click on that will take you right to the little, the, I don't know if it includes the guitar jingle, but then you'll get to hear the after show where John asked me about not drinking. Um, <clears throat> so that's... Uh, but but I say that that's um, this is a uh, like you say in business this is kind of a uh, it's a compliment sandwich no it's an open it's an open faced excuse sandwich which is that uh, last week uh, last episode the last two episodes have both had the bananas AI generated uh, markers and I'm not going to get super into it if, you, if people want to hear about it I'd be happy to talk about because it it's actually kind of funny but I'm never doing that again <laughs> it was. What I was doing was so time consuming and debugging or troubleshooting this kind of like problem I kept having on all different Macs, different places, different times. And believe me, I tried. Um, so the good news is, hey, you get a chapter marker uh, for, for especially you know, all you over there in Deutschland who, who love your chapter markers. There's a chapter marker for where that starts. And the, the plan for right now is uh, I hope you enjoyed those two episodes with the bananas markers. It's not a good enough bit. It's a distracting bit. If it took no time at all, I, I wouldn't want to do it because it's not what we're doing here. It, you know what I mean? It's a distraction from like, you know, the, the probity of, of our conversation. But I just wanted to say, well, let's get back to the first principles, Clarice. Thank you to folks who said they wanted that chapter marker. You will get it. Jim has committed to putting that in for us. Uh, John has approved the way that it's labeled and has directed that effort because this is the kind of thing that you spend time on when you do what we do. And, and when you're good at it, like we are. 
But, you know, I'm not going to do that. Uh, <laughs> putting out dozens and dozens of chapters and then having to re-export it so many times that I eventually clobbered one version and uploaded the wrong one, which I very rarely do. Um, so uh, apologies if you love, love, love those chapter markers. I'm not saying, and you haven't talked yet because I've been talking, but uh, I'm, I'm not against revisiting the whole idea of chapter markers, but like the, the way I've been doing it for the last two episodes is, is not uh, that fun, that interesting, and, and is certainly not sustainable. It was just a one-time joke and it was funny and it's over. But like I said, the important one is the after show chapter marker. So now I won't have to put in the show notes for every future episode the timestamp of the uh, after show because it will be in the actual mp3 file as a chapter. So please use a podcast player that supports chapters. And as uh, Rowan said, this is an episode of extra stuff. If you want to hear the extra stuff, go to relay.fm slash rd slash join. That's the letter R and the letter D slash join. You can become a member uh, and you too will be able to hear all the after shows uh, and you'll even be able to go back in the past episodes and look yes. at the show notes and find the timestamp of the after show. And then going forward from this episode, you'll be able to jump right to the after show. So listening to the after shows is going to be much easier. And uh, as Merlin alluded to very briefly on this after show, we are going to uh, talk <laughs> to Merlin about why he is not drinking. <laughs> yeah, you, you wrote it in the notes as a uh, dry Merlin question mark. Because you were I was trying, trying to, to make say, like a dry no, January I know, thing, I but know. I couldn't. I, but you I got, were also being a nice friend, and and I think you were probably. I'm I'm inferring or fantasizing that you're a nice friend who is saying, "Is that a thing you're okay talking about?" Yes, so I, I don't, you don't have to infer. I literally asked you that before. They we don't hear that the part because we're not allowed. They're not I allowed know, to but hear I'm, that but part. You make it sound like I didn't ask you. But they're I did, all going to come out someday. You. Every single one of them. It's no. going to be what they call a supercut. You'll just override it accidentally. I probably will. Um. And uh, hey, you know, I, I don't, I don't feel great asking uh, for money, and I, 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 I don't like looking like I'm bending over backwards to be sweaty with people. But um, thank you to people who do support this show. If if you like this program, it would mean a lot to me uh, if you wanted to join up. We we do pretty okay with it, but like you know, it's it's crazy time. And if you like the program, I think you might like to hear more of it for some reason. Uh, really. fm slash rd slash join. We really do. It's, it would be, a, to me anyway, a gross understatement to say that this is far and away the biggest part of the way that I'm able to make money from podcasts, including this one. And it means an awful lot to us. Uh, if you can come in and, and kick in a few bucks, uh, we'd be very grateful. That's all I have to say about that. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you by Squarespace. You can learn more about Squarespace right now by visiting squarespace.com slash diffs. Friends, Squarespace is the all-in-one platform for building your brand and for growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and you can sell anything, your products, services, even the content that you create. Squarespace has got everything you need all in one place. For example, you can make the most of Fluid Engine, which is Squarespace's new next-generation website design system. It can help unlock your creativity more easily than ever before. Of course, you could sell, uh, sell, sell your products on an online store, physical or, or digital products, uh, stuff you make. Uh, one thing that's nice, you know, you got a store, how are people going to pay? Good question. Well, your customers get flexible payment options. So that, that makes uh, checkout seamless for your customers. Uh, simple and powerful uh, payment tools. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, you can, uh, let's see what else we got here. Oh, I, I love this one. Yeah, you can take advantage of professionally designed website templates. Nay, nay, nay. Not you can. 
I say you shall take care, take take advantage of those templates because boy, are they ever pretty. I, I, that's the thing that first really attracted me to Squarespace was that you know I didn't have to be out there drawing on my own screen. If you know what I'm saying. I've been with Squarespace since uh, Christ was a corporal. I'm a big fan. Uh, Roderick on the line website is there. Other things, and it's also it's it's the thing that I recommend to my buddies, people like you. I'm recommending this to you. I mean, I'm being paid for it. Doesn't mean you're not my buddy. <laughs> you know, don't don't make this difficult. But but you know, but it's 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 a great way to to run your own website. This is known. So here's what you do. You do me a favor. Is what you do. I'm putting that rather, rather aggressively, rather ego assertively, but you know, I, I gotta, I gotta go I get out of finishing recording this ad and I gotta go get my blood drawn. So I do need to wrap this up. So get ready. I'm going to yell in a minute. So what you do is you go to a squarespace.com slash diffs. That's D-I-F-F-S. <laughs> you get a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, you go to squarespace.com slash diffs and use that up for code diffs, 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 just D-I-F-F-S. And that's going to get you 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain Say it thrice, and it's almost like Sondheim, squarespace.com slash diffs, offer code diffs. <laughs> they're like, can I just say, I'm going to redo this part in a minute, but I can I just say they're lucky they're not paying me by the diffs. Uh, that might be a Unix joke. I'm not sure. Squarespace.com slash diff, offer code diffs. When you sign up, you get 10%. Show your support for reconcilable differences, you understand. And, and for John Craig Syracuse, I'm going to go get my blood drawn now because, you know, I don't want to die. Uh, our thanks to Squarespace for supporting Reconcilable Differences, and all of Relay FM. All up done. Time for some tech support. Pew, pew, pew. I, um, do I start with explaining what ROM is and get yelled at with that, or do I explain why I need to say where the computer monitor is, where the diskette drive is, yeah. Okay. Oh, wait, was that a joke about the video game? No, those like those those computer books that you're uh, referring to when we were kids. Learning about computers meant learning oh, RAM and ROM. RAM and ROM, sure. Learning what sure, the disk sure. drive was, the computer monitor, labeling the parts of the computer. It was very important to label the parts of the computer so you knew what they were and what they were called and where the person sits. <laughs> yes. And that turned out, all that stuff turned out, I mean, it, it seems bigger because this it was is like your 66-column display. <laughs> yeah, like, it was it was my childhood, so it seems like it's forever. But, boy, like, just so much time was spent on that. And it uh, turns out uh, most people picked it up pretty quickly. Oh, and that is that is such a, an operating hazard of teaching anybody anything. You know, it's it's sort of like the, the not only drag Buffy, but that whole thing of, like, well, you got to learn all these basics first. And it's like, man, like, you know, history can be interesting before you go to college. It doesn't have to just be that that terrible and dry. But with computers, they have, seem to have no compunction at all about making it as dull as possible. I have, uh, like a lot of people over the years, benefited from, uh, I'm just going to talk the way I talk and act like John's not here to be mad at me, so I'm just going to say my words. Uh, over the years, I've benefited a lot from things like, like, like Python and Perl and Ruby and Rails and all of these things. And I've, I know enough to be dangerous, which you know began with stuff like you know, learning just the basics of Unix permissions and that kind of stuff. But like keeping this stuff installed and up to date, even with Apple stuff is, is kind of a pain in the butt. There's a really, uh, there's a neat thing that I like. I, I like that's called Ruby on Mac. I'll put a link in show notes. I think it's 50 bucks. And it, uh, it's, just, it's one of those things. Most people go, why would you buy that? 
Uh, it's a thing that this guy put together that's really, really cool and smart. And to cut it, you can, if you know more about this than I do and can do it without sounding like a jerk, feel free to jump in. But, but my understanding of ROM is like, look, my profile stuff is crazy spaghetti stuff. I've got all these things installed in all these different places. I don't know what any of that means. I have the books and can look things up, but I generally tend to learn enough to do the thing that I wanted to do this afternoon. I'm, I, you know what I mean? Like this, I back to our bottom up, top down difference. I just caught on to the fact that you weren't talking about read only memory. You're talking about Ruby on Mac. Yes. When you said ROM, I thought you were making a RAM versus ROM. Which you've yelled at me about before. I'm pretty sure you've yelled at me about it. All right. Anyway, continue. So all you need to know is that, that like, uh, God, this is so unsatisfying to everybody. I'm, I'm, I'm talking down to people who know more than I do. And I'm talking wackadoo bananas talk to, to people who could care less. But basically, long story short, we're using the terminal here. You're typing commands. You're doing stuff. And this guy put out this thing uh, called Ruby on Mac. And it does a real good job of properly installing stuff on top of your Mac stuff without clobbering the Mac stuff. Because, you know, there's different installations in different places. And you don't want to screw this up because you don't know, you know, which profile is going to be using this thing for that thing. And it does a real good job with that. And I beg your pardon. And it's done a real good job of stuff like, you know, like, like, like cleaning up profile mess and stuff, stuff like that. And it works alongside, uh, in particular, Homebrew. It does other things too, but Homebrew in particular. And it just makes it really easy to like manage and stay updated with this terminal environment that I want to use, but I don't want it to become like owning an MG. So do you have thoughts on ROM that you want to share? You don't uh, like things yeah. you install and use on a Mac. No, I don't like... Um things that try to automate command line stuff like, oh, we'll manage your profile for you and we'll install and stuff that, and for, for you. And for you, that includes stuff like Clean My Mac, right? Any stuff that is like doing... No, I'm talking about... You're talking about like Homebrew and it sounds like Ruby on your Mac are both in the category of like third-party package managers in the Unix sense of that word yeah. where there's a bunch of Unix command line tools. And, uh, and, and it knows about... Thing... De- some, there's like a sheet that knows about dependencies and so you get this and you get that and those need to be updated in this exactly, one. Exactly, right? The package management is common in, in the Linux world, but there is no official Apple-supported package management system for the Mac and so there's lots of third-party ones and... Homebrew I, is really cool though, don't you think? Well, the reason I don't like them is because oh, they sorry. appeal to people who don't want to manage that stuff manually. <laughs> True. But then the people who don't want to manage that stuff manually often don't know what to do when they go wrong, and they will you want go a dependable wrong. Dependable car? You shouldn't have a car. <sighs> yeah. Well, the thing is, if they were actually dependable, great. Because especially like vendor-supported package managers, like well, it's, I'm going to put this as a compliment, John, which is you know a lot more about this stuff, including knowing the stuff about this stuff. Like you're not just aware of and using this stuff. Like you have a much deeper understanding of this than I do. And I'm guessing some, even some of our listeners, perhaps. And it's just, I, I don't have a butler for this. I know, I know. Well, that, that's, that's the problem. That's the, that's why everyone is, that's why. I'm going to run my SAB, SAB, NZB, plus if my pipeline yeah, gets see, screwed Apple, up. Apple should have an officially supported command line Unix style package management system for the Mac, but they don't. And it's annoying. And so third parties try to do it and third parties try. It would help, it would help so much. And not least because it's so important that you have the right Xcode developer tools installed each time. It's like this really wants to shake hands with the operating system. And it's a bummer that it's so contentious as it is. Yeah. And the, the worst thing about it is the fragmentation, right? Uh, mm-hmm. It's not good to have mm-hmm, multiple mm-hmm. package managers because surely they will fight with each other and you might want one thing from one and one thing is only in the other one and it just it spreads the effort when there's just one that ever the that the whole community unifies behind that yeah. is vendor supported in the best case scenario we all are 
moving in one direction or trying to improve the same thing, all the packages are made for it. But, you know, that's not the way it is in the Mac. So I personally don't like them because I don't like feeling like things are screwed up in a way that I can't fix. And that happens all the time with package managers, even if you do know what you're doing. Do you do you like when you if you were going to install? <laughs> I don't I mean, I don't even know what to say. That's not it doesn't come off as or is a joke. But like if you wanted to, if you're on a new Mac and somebody needs, I don't FM FFmpeg is probably not the best idea, but or best thing, or like you know, if they need something that's not one of the standard installed tools, you would go to like not Perl monks, but like you would go to build your own from source. Is that what you do? Uh, my two go tos are one building stuff from source, stuff that I'm familiar with. I do build from source. Uh, it's a pain in the butt. I do not recommend people do it. Right. Uh, right, but the right. other one is binaries. If I don't if I don't have experience building it from source or I don't see any advantage to it and they offer a binary and it's something that can be offered in a fairly compact binary, either as a .pkg installer, which is a thing that Apple does provide, but that's not a package management system. That's just a way to spray files onto your disk. Um, or if it's literally a single binary, like you can find... But when you we know, say binary, just because I'm dumb and went to a, Florida, a school in Florida, binary is, for, for our purposes in this conversation, can be thought of as like what you think of as an app on your Mac, except you're, it's, you're running it headless from the terminal. Yeah. I mean, like say I want the wget command, which I don't think Apple includes. So anymore. like go to the, go to the web and download this page or curl, I guess. Right. That kind some, of thing. Somewhere, somewhere there, they might have, here's a binary distribution of wget for x86, 64 Macs, right? And you'll get a single file and the file name will be called wget and it'll be an executable file. Oh, and you put that and in you your can, slash user slash whatever. And I, then you put it where you want it to be. It's literally just one file. Like that's that's not mm. the luxury you have. Do you do you MV? Do you MV or do you drag when you do that? Uh, I would probably uh, yeah yeah I'd, I'd put it there from the command line. Or I'd probably copy it instead of uh, move it. Do you do stuff like like I I, I do this thing. I learned God Jeff Fien told me this a million years ago. Like the dot command, like to you know open the folder. But the one about like CD space and then drag a folder. Do you do, do you do that much? Do you ever do stuff? Where I do you're that using? because the paths are too long and I have spaces in them. That's annoying. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, it's one of those things where like visually knowing this is the right one, especially if you're Merlin man, you have things that are named like final copy, final, final seven mm-hmm. makes it so much faster. Okay. Yeah. And so anyway, and you put the binary and you can't do that with, with complicated programs because things like Ruby aren't just one binary. Yeah. There is a binary called Ruby, but there's tons and tons of other stuff. And that's why you get into a situation. And you're where- not mentioning rails like on top or alongside and on top of that. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. And and there and within each individual language, like there is like, there's like things of managing multiple Ruby environments and multiple Python environments that are separate from the package manager, which is, which is a way for you to install one version of Ruby or, or Python or okay. to install the Ruby or Python package manager. It's just, it's too much stuff. So I feel bad for people. And this is one of the, another instance where it's important to highlight the differences and the pros and cons of uh, learning bottom-up versus top-down. Sure. Right? Yeah. Uh, Learning Unix stuff from bottom up, it's it's a career, basically. Like, you can't expect people to learn Unix from the bottom up because... You wouldn't believe how long I, I, found, I spent trying to find flags and attributes or whatever for the tree command. And it's like, well, no, tree's not in any of my... Like, I, is that, I was like, wait a minute. So it's not in my O'Reilly book, like in my big nutshell, you know, Tarsier book. Like it's not in there. And like, I'm searching around, like, I know this is out there and I just ran tree and it made tree, but how do I run tree so that it also includes... Um, you know, uh, files as well as folders. I didn't want to have to like draw it graphically. And it's like, you're absolutely right. Like my copy, my copy of Unix in a nutshell, which it's, I've used it more than you'd guess. If you saw it, you'd go like, oh my God, what are all these tabs? That was me learning banner. (laughs) Why would you use banner? I was young, but you know what I'm saying? Like you, 
you get these books and you're like, oh my God. And, and again, like Photoshop, in my estimation, there's three pull-down menus in Photoshop. You're going to use an order of magnitude more than everything else. And if you just learn them alphabetically, that's not the best way, right? Yeah, but the thing, I mean, even, when even I O'Reilly about does Unix, that. Even O'Reilly starts out with CD, MKLS, right? Well, they, right, but see, yeah. when I say learning from Unix from the bottom up, I don't mean the nutshell books, right? That's Maybe that's somewhere oh. to start, but like... You're going deeper in the stack. You're getting closer to the metal. Yeah, the reason the reason this is relevant to your question today, and if I can summarize your situation as you... you yeah, I, I thought I, you I've got a good summary ready. All right, go ahead. Well, tell, tell, tell Here, us what Here's, here's the short version, Um, and this is actually weird and... and John Syracuse adjacent. Um, I privately use tracked.tv for for tracking stuff. I think you might use it too. So I Letterboxd, I, that's where I put reviews and stuff. And now at this point, I've got enough logged movies that I thought, oh, I wish these would talk to each other better. Uh, if you know, you know. Uh, this also has to do with the DAR family of apps. Do you know what that means when I say that? I don't, but I can guess. So, I mean, I, you'll know if you know. But but let's just put it, here's an easy one. It's like, I, I, I love using Letterboxd. Like, I hope it doesn't get weird. Oh, Billy tells me they're going to have TV shows uh, f- fully soon, which must make you very happy. Mm, but I have so much invested in track and track my TV shows, so we'll see. But yeah, but like, but the, we know what there isn't right now is just a real easy, like, for example, in the DAR apps, uh, if you know, you know, you can go in and say, like, it's pretty easy to pull in anything you've added to a watch list in uh, on IMDb on letterboxd in any of those places there's basically there's an api for those things and if you go in and authenticate you can then say hey just use your brain and your fantasies uh about things i'm doing or not doing to say like when i'm on this site and i see a movie i want i can click it and that gets added to a notional pile that'll help me obtain it later and so this is kind of orthogonal to that but you know it is related what all i want to do is take my stuff from letterboxd and then also put it into tracked which is fairly straightforward, kind of. So Letterboxd has an export functionality. That's easy enough. Um, and then basically you go in and create a new, in Tract, you create a new app. You know, it's real easy. It's real fast. You just say, here's my app. This is what it's going to do. And then you paste in like your key and like whatever. It's a little bit of a donkey drill, but it works. But then you get this Python app. And I got that Python app. Uh, Python, you know, this is a .py. And it's basically, do you want the .py that brings in your whole diary with dates, or do you want the .py that gives you this thing where all your movies look like they happened on the same day? And I'm like, oh, give me that other one. So I do the do the drag and the CD and the drag. I go in there. I This is right after I've updated ROM, which means that my I should not only have Python, which is already on the computer, but like it should be in a profile in a place where it would be findable. So I type Python space and then drag in the file. And ran it, and I think it said whatever the return Python not installed, something like that. I'm on a different computer now, but I have the same problem. Uh, Python command not found. So, and I was like, "Huh, that's kind of weird." When you're pronouncing the colon, let me. I'm trying to find D- the, da- dash the dash bash dash bash dash bash. You're a dash bash <laughs> dash bash uh, colon space Python colon space command space not space found. I can spell the letters of the mm-hmm. words if that's helpful. Yep, no period. Um, let me see where I am. P W D. Okay. So, um, I'm in Ruby on Mac now. Okay. So here's the thing. I type Python and ordinarily, you know, if you open up a, a terminal and type that, you hit Python, you hit enter. It'll usually say like, Oh, do you need help with this or something? Right. And now here it says right here, command not found. Okay. And like my knowledge is so old. Here's what I do. I say, I know this is not really as useful, but I say, where is Python? 
one word where is. And it says Python colon. <laughs> okay, well, it doesn't help me that much. The other one I know, which is, you see, which Python, which mm -hmm. I think should give me a path of the one that wins. Um, and it doesn't return anything. Long story short, I eventually get to where, I forget, where, where, did, where did this begin with you? I think I sent you, was this today? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, so I had updated that, and, but this is so wild. So then I, I said cat, you know, I'm basically, um, is, is that short for concatenate? Basically mm -hmm. like print out, cat my bash profile. And you'll see in there uh, is some stuff that's related to uh, Ruby on, on Mac. And, and, I, and what did I say to you? I said, I said you're not going to like this. <laughs> but like, doesn't it seem like there's something probably just, there's a profile somewhere that's clobbering something else. And then I did, I think, send you a list of all my, you said echo dollar sign path. And I got a lot. I, got, I don't know. I don't know what a lot of these, I don't know what crypt, crypt text D it's a demon for decrypting text. What would that be? Anyway, I got a lot. There's a lot of, uh, not these aren't mine. I know about, I, you know, and I know the thing, like I used to try and make, make my command, my prompt look like a flashing light and stuff. Like I, whatever I've got, I read the same books and magazines that you do. And then, so I know about pro, dot profile. I know about bash profile. Was it bash source? Is, is the bash SRC usually beats profile, right? See, this is, this is what I was talking about with top down versus bottom up. Oh uh, my God. You cannot answer a question for a brother. No, 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 listen, listen. Oh, I'm it, listening. You, you're you're in a situation here where you're using a bunch of stuff and something doesn't work. You know a little bit, like you know to type which Python, right? Right. But but because you hadn't learned this from the bottom up, you are just kind of grabbing from the middle tier of things that have helped you in the past when similar situations like this have happened. I'm just I'm just holding up the phone and screaming, operator, operator. And. And like again, it's it's unreasonable to expect people to learn something as complex and you know historically filled with historical baggage and crap as Unix if it's not literally their job. But that leaves you essentially vulnerable to like it's like any of us with like a home appliance or whatever. It's like well, I know one or two things I can do, but at a certain point, I I throw my hands up and say I either need to get a new one or pay someone to deal with this because I don't know what to do. Well, like if you met if you met somebody who's a charlatan but who wanted to impress you and was doing the equivalent of like a cold reading. Let's say, let's just say straight up, it's somebody who for the purposes of this discussion is a con person, a con man. And so like, but they could clock that you consider yourself a cinephile, a cineast. And so like you find a way to mention the movies of Ozu and you get credibility. You don't have to have watched the movies of Ozu to mention them. I've, I've seen Tokyo Story. That's the only one I've seen. My criterion, I watched Daniel Levy's Criterion Closet today. Of course there's an Ozu movie, but here's the thing. I've only seen one Ozu movie. I got 50 others on a list I'm going to watch, but you know what I know? I know that you get a lot of traction amongst insiders by name-checking Ozu, and if the person you're doing that with recognizes you name-checking Ozu without any reason for that credibility, you've now, you're higher in that person's estimation. And I, I'm somebody who does not know that much about Ozu. Well, the, the pitch I'm going to make here is for people who find themselves coming in contact with the Unix command line regularly, yeah. which includes you mm -hmm. and lots of other people who aren't, who don't, didn't learn Unix from bottom up and don't consider themselves Unix gurus, but they come in contact with it. They're, they're either forced to use it or they want to use it or like it's, they're, they're touching it. They're in it. They're doing stuff with it. And not just like once every five years, but like 
pretty regularly for their entire life, whether it's their career or their hobby. I'm always here for a reason. I'm very, the only time I would ever just be in the terminal for fun is when I brought a Unix or like an O'Reilly book on the plane and wanted something to do with my laptop while I drank, which is, I think, a totally normal thing to do. But like, I'm only here, I'm not here. It's actually, you could say this for a lot of apps. There's so few apps where I would just open it because I like looking at it, but Terminal in particular, I am always here to get in, do a thing, and get out. But you are frequently going in. Doing I'm in a there thing a lot. I know, several times a week for sure. Yeah, and that's even if it was once a month. Oh, because most because most of what I do works. I I wouldn't be there if I was always frustrated by it, right? right? It's only when I run up against it. If I just need to go run in and just do do like a dumb thing where I've just got to go like ugh, some annoying thing where I've got to like SSH into my Synology because something's being stupid, and you know, and you've got to go and like hit hit the side of the the cabinet or something. But no, no, on several times a week. But again, I don't need to understand internal combustion to be able to drive a car. Right. Well, again, my, my so my pitch here is. If you're one of those people, it is worthwhile to start learning Unix from the bottom up, uh, uh, like not all of it, all the way to the top, but start learning from the bottom up because the amount of time that you will save yourself over the, maybe too late for you, but the amount of time people who are younger than both of us will save themselves over the course of their 20 or 30 year active life using the computer and having to touch the Unix command line will more than outweigh the time they spend learning from the bottom up. So say you spend one year learning some bottom up Unix stuff. You will save yourself so much time in the future because you will keep hitting the same type of problems where right. if you understood the basics of what happens when I type a word at the command line, how does that typing I work? Where does it, it go? And yeah. what is the thing that takes that typing? And how does it interpret it? And what does it do in response to it? If you knew that stuff for Unix, debugging problems like this, you get to skip over a whole bunch of crap. Because because each step, each step you go, I'm sorry, I should do this in reverse. Like starting at whatever you consider the bottom in this case is like, there's, there's, it strikes me that the further down you go, and I, I'm sorry, this is all probably pretty confusing, but if you think about the top layer as you know, like like the user interface of these kinds of things in a GUI, and then all the way down here is John's literal metal, it strikes me that each layer you go down must almost always necessarily removes metaphors, analogies, and not jargon. But you know what I mean? Like, I, if you read the one O'Reilly book, it starts out by saying, you know, this is about here's streams. We're going to talk about streams and we're going to talk about uh, what do they call uh, buffers, right? Like, like in VI, they always call it a buffer instead of like a file, right? And if you learn that stuff, but like that's still kind of a lot of analogies for somebody who knows the metal, right? It's not even metal. It's just like the thing that you're, the command line. What do you, you know, it's like my whole thing that I've complained to you about of people saying they learn the terminal. It's like the terminal is an application on your Mac. You're not learning the terminal. It's what's happening inside the terminal I ordinarily rule against you on that because that is that is really picky, but that's the point. It's, it's sort of like the right, Larry, but Wall, understanding the, the that Larry Wall quote about not knowing the difference between zero and null. Like it actually does make a big difference. Yeah. And, and, and the reason it makes a difference, not because you're trying to like gain some points or you're going to become a programmer. It's because you will encounter problems just as a casual user of the Unix command line. Well, I, if you I, I lack immediately get this. certain yeah, fundamental yeah, yeah. understanding, you won't know where to, you won't know where to begin looking and you can short circuit a whole bunch of flailing. If you understand a little bit of the basics, like, Hey, when I type something here, what happens? 
Like how, you know, what, what program, how does that data get to the program? What does the program do with it? And the thing is, you don't have to dig that far for that to actually become strangely important. Yeah. Especially with stuff like VI, where you're like, wait a minute. So wait, the order that this stuff happens in is actually really important. As in like, I hit the keyboard in my office and something happens. Like the way that that goes from being my finger doing a thing to something theoretically happening on the computer, the way that happens is actually really important quicker than you think. Yeah, and, and in your in your particular case here, not that it solves your problem at all, but it allows you to skip over a whole bunch of stuff and get to closer to where the problem really is, knowing, okay, so things are on the command line are interpreted in this way. This is how they're tokenized. Uh, the thing on the thing that gets the data is something called the shell. Most shells have a concept of a path, which is a command path, which is a, a bunch of directories it's going to look through in order to try to find the thing that I typed, unless I typed it right. with... Uh, an absolute path that that tells it exactly where it is or did dot slash or whatever. Like, And knowing that, knowing that when it says command not found, it essentially boils down to the thing I parsed out of this command line that you typed as being the name of the command, I couldn't find anywhere in your path and it's it, not an it, absolute it path. It means command not found. It doesn't, it's not, it does not mean this does not exist. It means I I couldn't find it. it, it it's, not in, it's not in your path. So you'd have to know the concept of a search path. You have to know that every shell has their own way of dealing with search paths. Yeah, and then sense. you'd have to know what shell am I running and how is my path set up and do I know what my path is set to and how would I tell what my current path is and how would I change it and, and on and on and on. And like that's just that's before you even get to the part of like okay but fundamentally the problem is that python is not currently in my path why did my path change is python installed in the wrong place like and then you'll get right, to the meat right, of the right. problem which i can't help you with because i don't know anything no about no no and, and actually this is way way more than enough talking about it right but what i'm saying is like that that little bit of, of, of bottom-up knowledge lets you jump much closer to the problem well can we can i can i ask you a question about that then i and mm-hmm. i realize as i'm posing this question i realize that as usual, this is somewhat antithetical to the point that you're trying to make. But uh, just, just, just for us simpletons, I know you couldn't just say like, "Oh, go watch this video, go, go buy this book." But using, but talking about the, these sort of levels or the stack or whatever, like, where, what is the, what is the minimum viable technical background you should have to consider yourself learning it from the bottom up? Does that make sense? Like, if somebody were interested yeah, yeah, yeah. in doing what you're talking about, at what level should they start? Like, put differently, what should they Google for to like know? I, okay, from here, and then I'm going to go up this stack. But like, I don't, I don't really need to know about. Maybe I do need to know. I had, a, I had a, I had a crazy error today where it, it included the letter capital A being printed thousands and thousands of times. I don't know if, if it was malware, but I'm going through there and just just clicking through this text file looking for stuff related to the kernel, stuff related to the, the stack trace or whatever, and like all that kind of stuff. Well, but, you know, that's describing, that's the map for a territory that I've never seen, really, right? That's I, how low do you have to go? Do you have to know about nano fabbing and stuff? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, the problem asking me that question is I learned all this stuff in a time essentially at the dawn of the internet. So the resources now are probably very different. Uh, I can tell you what I learned it from, but that's probably not the best place to learn it. Lots of people do have some kind of, kind of good, like what they would call in the modern parlance explainer things. And what yeah. you're in this particular case, the thing you want to have explained to you is what is a shell? What is, what is it? What is a terminal prompt? What, how, and what are the popular shells and how do they work? So like Unix shell explainer. Yeah. Like, yeah, like what, what the heck is a shell? And not like, Here's how you type LS. It's like, no, but, like, but literally, like, I mean, you could mm. get to the point of like, when, you know, you know, what, you know, what John, is just a, so you know, I know, I know and use LS space dash LA mm. just, just so you know. 
I, I'm kind of I'm kind of a, a bottom up guy if you really think about it. What is a pseudo terminal? Why is it what's pseudo about the terminal? What is a, a hmm. character device and a block device? What is what is the <laughs> role of a Unix shell? What are some popular Unix shells? How do they work? And then eventually you'll get to uh, how are command lines parsed? Uh, what role does the you know the path? You know all the different variables that affect how a shell operates. And you know, th and then you'll learn like here are the three most popular shells. Hopefully, the thing you're reading is modernish, so you'll learn about shells that are actually popular, not ones that were popular in the nineties. I just really quickly looked, and there's a, I can't vet it, but of course, maybe you could. But there's a lot, there's a lot out there that like has kind of wants to put this together in exactly the way you're describing it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's difficult because a lot of time they're like, let's teach you how to use ZSH. It's like, no, no. What is ZSH? Oh, it's a shell. What? But what's a shell? It's like, no, that's not where it, it's very easy to find people like sort of tutorials showing you how to use bash or something. But that's not what you want. You want to know right. conceptually what is the shell? What is the role of it? What does it do? Right. That, that, that's learning how to park. That's not learning how the car works. Exactly. And it's very much like learning, you know, spoken languages in that like, okay, if mm -hmm. I learn, say I don't, I, I learn about just bash, but I learned shell about what a shell is. Then when I encounter another shell, I could be like, okay, well, I know what a shell is. And I know about bash. And this is a different shell. It probably does some similar stuff to bash. And you start, you start learning, okay, it's like bash in these ways, but it does this thing a little bit differently than bash. And, and same way, if you know one language, like a Latin-based language, you can pick up the next one by kind of saying, okay, it does this, that, you know. And maybe you'll sometimes you'll come across like a Chinese and like, wow, this isn't like French at all. And I'm kind of out to <laughs> sea again, but it is a language. So at least I understand it's used to, you know, anyway, yeah. uh, rant over. That's, that would, that would have, that would have helped you if you had, if you had learned it 50 years ago. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that's like about the commands, like you said, but, oh, and this is, looks very O'Reilly. Thank you. Thank you, John. Um, and listen, if you ever want to do a thing, maybe this could be a thing we do to raise money for us for once. But may maybe maybe we could do a thing where like we we go through some of my computer stuff, and, and you could talk about how you feel about my profile and things. That's like so incredibly that. painful. Do you get the, <laughs> do you get the? Uh, well, it would be. I think that's what I think that's what people would yeah. love about it. Do you get the th the thing that I highlighted here? This is a big ask because it's a this popped into my head, uh, yeah. machine style. Um, <laughs> uh, because this was your question. Do you see what with my little crossed out word? What am I what am I trying to reference? Oh, sorry, you're in the document. Hang on. Yeah. Um, um, no, I did have a prepared joke where I was going to ask you, uh, <laughs> I was going to ask you if Ed is the standard text editor. Mm -hmm. I yeah, don't no. know Bill though. What is, what is Bill? Yeah. So the, the, the question for people who can't see our show notes, which is everybody is, uh, where's Python? That was the question. You know, he typed in Python and it's command not found. So the question is where's Python, right? right. Um, but when, when I thought of that, I'm like, oh, the thing can't find Python. I thought of. Uh, a scene in a movie where somebody says, where's Bill? But they don't where's say it like Bill? that. Yeah, they say it like this. Where's Bill? Give me a decade. No, I'm just going to give you this. This I'll go cut right to the chase. Because oh. this is such an obscure thing, but this is a, this is one of the ways my mind works. Like it, your is it a horror machine. movie? No. Click the link. Where's oh, Bill? Oh, oh, wait. Oh, God. Oh, uh, okay, say it like her again. Do it. I can, I'm not good at saying it, but anyway, that that Where's that Bill? plays in my head as soon as like. Where's so Python? what we're looking at is this is from Kill Bill Volume Two. That's right. Oh, those are good movies. Oof. Some some favorites where she's talking to the guy and she she leans forward in her chair. Anyway, great movie. Uh, everyone go watch. Calls, uh, Kill he calls Bill her Volume kiddo. Yeah, but but that's that's kind of your thing of like, where's yeah. Python in a threatening <laughs> way. <laughs> it it is really quite funny because like I, I like anybody I, I you know I'm a, I, I've said this really since the at least the 90s at least the 90s is that I am a classic power user with all that that entails like all the the worst and occasionally the good and the bad 
is Would like you call I'm, yourself a prosumer. <laughs> I mean, I'm not that far off. You're not a consumer. You're a prosumer. That was that was you. That you ever think about that? I mean, the, that was we, no, ever, no, John. That was that was really good. Why do they call it Congress if they never make any? Pro- did anyway. you did you prepare that for tonight's topic? I did not prepare that for tonight. Put it on the list. No. Oh my god. <sighs> like pushing a rope with you but i mean did you know we do this show together do you know that pushing this a rope, is pushing a rope pushing a rope and what am i thinking of there that's another lotto machine thing knifing around knifing around i don't know uh, captain um, cabinets captain cabinets can he get out will he get out uh pushing a rope push uh oh wait 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 okay well i know that 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 um that cadence is oh uh, yeah there's nosing around there's knifing around Nosing around, nosing I don't. Around. I, I'm not asking because I know. I literally don't know. Oh, okay. Um, what was I going to type? Oh, I was going to write down. Wait, what was the thing I was going to write down? You didn't want me to write down. What was that? Um, uh, pro, prosumer. Oh, prosumer versus consumer. Mm-hmm. Finally, I'm going to add one for you because you have not. Did you add any? You haven't added any, have you? Adding what? <sighs> titles yet? No, I haven't added titles. No, yet. no. The th- the thing that might be a thing we talk about. All I have for you is Beatles and prosumer consumer. Oh, this one? No, we're we're still up here. I know, I know, but I wanted to type this, so remember, yeah. now it's one for you. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Reconcilable Differences. It's um, it's a perennial biweekly fortnight, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, John, for what it's worth, I think that might be really catching on with our listeners. I think but you just really used it incepted. correctly. See, it's so hard to use it incorrectly. I know, it, I know, I know. Well, and I'm I'm real. I'm back into. I'm back on my BS with Taskmaster, and oh boy, it's it's not nearly as bad as the stuff you watch. This oh, is a little more of, posh. Speaking of the stuff I watch and me complaining about stuff, here's the thing. So I'm I'm watching yeah. the, the, the Love Island, Love Island your show, show, US yeah, versus yeah. UK version. <laughs> You're so weird. I will never understand the, you. The lingo, the lingo from the UK one has leaked into the U.S. one. So oh, now we see. have Americans saying, are you going to crack on with them? I'm like, oh, no, stop it. What's on. happening to you? You're in California. You're, you were born in Michigan. <laughs> are you going to crack on with them? They even said pied. And it's because they've seen oh. the U.K. version of the show. These are people on the U.S. version of the show, but they've seen the U.K. version of the show, and now they're bringing that language over here because they watch it. Uh-huh. They're like, I guess this is what you say on the show. Gotta crack on. Cultural imperialism. Pying and then um what was the other one? Yeah, no, I brought somebody. Mug, you get mugged, mugged off. Right? Mug okay. It's so muggy of him to do that. It's it just gets harder and harder to understand why you watch these programs. We was that it for the Python and uh and yeah, uh, yeah. button and uh, your problem is solved now, right? <laughs> you're just gonna go, you're just gonna <laughs> go back and read Unix power tools and you'll be all set. <laughs> <laughs> I got so many books about Pearl. I have so many really big. I bought a book about Pearl like last year. I was like, this yeah. is it. This that's is it. Really, I'm gonna, that's no, really I'm going to surprise you. By the way, because I was ill and in the hospital, I spaced on your birthday, but I'm going to announce here on the show it was going to be a surprise. But since right around the time I went in the hospital, your the head that I made for you, the sculpture that looks exactly like no, you. No, so now I just hear Plimpton's your face playing in my head. Then I. Plimpton. Uh, the, 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 the cartoonist face, the animation i love that guy the smoking guy yeah huh i saw martha plimpton in something recently she's still terrific um but you i've got your head that i made for you in the 3d printer and painted i've got three different stands for it and i, I even I'm, I'm packing it with a spaghetti filament so like when your print goes really wrong 
like really, really wrong. You get, you come into the, your, your area and like, oh my God, there's like a, like just a, a huge, like a playground ball sized wad of just wasted filament. So I use that for packing material. And <laughs> then I recycling. printed you out, then I printed out, a, uh, uh, I don't, I've never known what a frontispiece is, but I'm going to call this a tapas piece. Could you write that down, please? T-O-P-I-S. I made you a tapas piece, which is I, I did a little three, kind of a three by five card form factor. And, and it just has a little bit of depth to it, like an eighth, uh, eighth or a quarter of an inch. And then on top in raised letters, it says, you haunt me. Mm-hmm. And I, nice. I was ill, so I didn't send it to you for your birthday. But um, happy birthday. always next year. As long as it's in the dock. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure mm. you'll be able to find it next year. You know, it's confusing. So, uh, O'Reilly used to have that thing called Safari. Remember that they had? They did. When yep. you, when you bought had, books, uh, you'd you get them. And you could read books online, yeah. I, I, I still cool. have uh, a copy of it from one of my former employers. That was a very cool company. Very cool company. I disappointed them, too. Did you know that? Did you know I disappointed O'Reilly also? I mean, that makes sense. It's on yeah, brand, right? Oh, yeah. Like, I got to, like, hang out with Tim. And, like, I, they gave me, like, a bag with Tarsier stuff in it. Yeah. Danny and I both got one. And uh, we, we talked a lot. I, I met Dale. Who, who? Annie and I? Who's Annie? Um, oh, I'm sorry. Danny O'Brien, the, the oh, guy Danny. who coined the term life hack. Okay. Yep. And, and, and that's how I met Dale, who did the Make Magazine. And that's how Danny and I ended up writing. We did actually write and get published for once. And that was in, in Make Magazine. Starting in the first issue, we had a column. Yep. That's where uh, owners angrily yell at their pet to do their business. Make! <laughs> <laughs> just the cover is of that, that magazine. The cover of that magazine is just a really scared-looking dog squatting on a lawn. Is it a way of saying, um, you know, you know, like we like Roderick and I, Roderick and I like to talk about like the uh, like the signal language, like an artillery and stuff. Which is, if you've ever noticed, I tend to say I don't say. Um, I, I will tend to say, what do I say? I say you, uh, you say come you say again, repeat, not repeat. I say come again, not repeat. I do, I do. Because if you say repeat, that means fire again on the same position. Yeah, Come again just means really me, just nonsensical because the context is entirely different. You, but it's but it's disambiguated. Is it there's no ambiguity about it. <laughs> no, Don't you remember on Sm- Far Out Space Nut? Does nuts? Merlin think he's in the artillery? He says he says I said lunch, not launch. And he hit uh-huh. instead of hitting the button for no, they say luncheon. They didn't say lunch back then. No, no, no. You'd be launching a missile. Like like a tight necks. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna make this note more uh, concretely because it's really annoying me. Uh, the show The Gilded Age on HBO, yes, uh, is set in a time when they said luncheon, L U N C H E O N. I hadn't yet been shortened to lunch, and they make their characters say luncheon so much. We get it. They didn't say it's lunch, of, but it's one of those phrases. It could be a drinking game. Like we have, like we're not it's drinking too much. It's too so we much. have drinking games for house now. But you could do that on Guild Age. How about this? I'll write to you. How many times do you say to somebody, "I'll write to you"? Instead of "I'll write you." Well, no, 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 no. They're just as a way to say, like, well, they're like, oh, and we could perhaps re- arrange a way to undermine Mrs. So and So. Okay, right, I'll right, write. Right. I'll write to you. It's like I'll, it's sort of like I'll give you a call to firm this up. Well, but the thing is, the thing is, the rest of the show does not care, and they have people saying phrases that just didn't exist back then that are just way too modern but luncheon but, they're gonna yeah, die on they, that they don't say they don't say supper chin that's mm-hmm. actually a city that's a city in uh in northern england in yorkshire isn't it yeah the supper jets they were fighting for the right to come on, play with me this is fun anyways uh thank you very much for listening to reconcilable differences it's a bi-weekly you know bi-curious uh by uh no meal centennial oh bicarbonate 
I always liked the sesquicentennial. I remember when Texas had that on their license plate. The bicentennial. So I thought that cool. 1976 quarters. Come on. Oh, I remember that, buddy. I got a picture with me and Melissa Fell. Melissa across the street with sparklers. <sighs> Probably kissed her. Yeah, all right. No, 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 no. No, she kissed another boy on, under a blanket watching uh, Shields and Yarnell. And I was not I was not even allowed in the driveway. It's not traumatic to me. I don't really even really, really remember it. Mm-hmm. Melissa, she literally- That's the one girl had, that didn't kiss you is real trauma. <laughs> you know, I I got a lot fewer kisses than you'd like to think. That's- it's, <laughs> I, have, I have not seemed to be the case based on everything you've ever no, said about girls and kissing. No, I just, I, I just need approval. You're over kiss is what I'm saying. <laughs> like those children that are over loved, over hugged. What was it they would tell the parents? Like don't over, yeah, don't over hug you your can't children. Smell, you can't spell smother with the mother. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, I was just always smothered with kisses from all the girls. Mm-hmm. Gosh, boy, there were so many. She lived across the street. Her father was a fireman. People next door to us had a 65 Mustang. And I don't, I don't know if y'all like Mustangs, but, but the 65 Mustang, there was a blue color. It was still this, that original. It might have been a little, like, originally slightly sparkly, but, like, really tasteful. A blue 65 Mustang. You know, with the, with the door. It looks like it's got a three on it. The, the, and no, no hex grill. You got, you, got the, you got the diagonal and vertical grill. Gorgeous. 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 My friend, I knew a guy who had a 64 and a half pony interior hexagon grill. He was 17 years old. And not because he was rich, it's because he was a gearhead. Mm-hmm. Where is he now? John Larsgaard. I bet he's good. Don't Google him. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Reconcilable Differences. And uh, this week, it's my tapas piece. <laughs> what Sounds are like we talking piece. about? Sounds like a hair piece. We, uh, we're, we're, up, we're up to the next item. Oh, uh, we're doing this one? Okay. Yeah, it's been in the notes forever. And, and actually, never seen... you know what? You know what? The, the one we were going to maybe do, we were almost, we almost got to the, to the fireworks factory. No. So on the list, can I say what this is? No. Sure. Well, just that we were going to maybe do it, even though we knew. Like, I love all of these, and I knew we were going to. And we've done this, the, the other one in the past as well. Yeah. But, like, but, but I've bugged, you've heard me on the show as a bit, and not bugged John to go, like, when are we going to do things it took each of us too long to realize? And the reason I ask is because I'm, I don't say acutely aware. I have become very aware in a way that I, I choose to be. Like, I want to start noticing how often I just didn't realize something. And, and you add, you're adding them to the list. You add them to the document. And that's, that's the other thing is I'm engaged. And so, like, you know, I'm not going to go through all of these. There's a, there's a lot here. You're not going to go through any of them because we're not doing this today. So we're not doing this today. But instead, we're going to talk about another thing. But that one is so important, John. The things it took each of us to, I'm going to, I'm going to select it. My, um, your cursor looks pink to me. How, how does my cursor, or how does my selection look to you? Pink. Do I look blue? No, you're pink. Are you blue? Do you see the same green <laughs> I see when I see green? But I mean, if we lived in like a giant's fingernail, mm-hmm. like toenail. how would... Yeah. Oh, it's a toenail. Yeah. What changes everything? Tur- it's turtles and toenails, not elephants and fingernails. All the way. It's no wonder you're so blue. But we're not going to talk about things that took each of us too long to realize because that's such an important topic. We're going to come back to that. But almost as important and certainly a bigger crowd pleaser. John, did you coin this term? I feel like you did. You, I believe you coined a term, but, but you certainly popularized it. And, and that term is secret weird things people do. That's could right. you, for, for our listeners, just because there's probably new listeners, could you please remind people what are s- secret weird things people do? 
was a topic that we had been uh, creeping up on on this show before we formalized it and gave it that name. But in episode 112 of this program, which was September 5th, 2019, wow. uh, we formally christened it Secret Weird Things People Do. And it's been that are, long? It, doesn't, it, doesn't that feel crazy? Yeah. I mean, again, <sighs> we had been circling it, but we hadn't given it a name. And anyway, Secret Weird yeah. Things People Do are things that people do that they don't think are weird because they think it's just normal, but they come in contact with somebody else who will look at them and, and say, why are you doing that really weird thing? And they'll be like, what are you talking about? This is always the way I whatever. And that is the definition of a secret weird thing. It's something you do that if someone else saw you doing it, they would think it was very weird and out of the ordinary, but you'd never given a second thought because as far as you're concerned, this is just normal. And it's so beyond notice that why would you even think about it? And, and, and like many, it, can, it can include it can include things like wondering if you, if you, like I wonder if I wipe right. Well, I think that's like not a, a secret people, weird thing because you're yeah, already wondering about it. But here's the it. thing. Why is it a secret? Why is, why is that a thing? It's like I don't have conversations with people. And people don't see you, but the fact that you're wondering about it, it kind of t- takes it a little bit away from the definition. I think it, it takes more a very like, incurious person to never look into whether they might be wiping wrong. I think right, it's well, a goddamn so here, shame. Do, have you had lots of, uh, you know, have you had lots of thought and doubt about how you put your socks on? No. But I maybe that, you're putting that, your socks a, on in a totally weird way that no one else in the entire world the does. consequences are different. That was a bit on All in the Family. Do you remember when Archie and Meathead both had to sleep in the a- attic? And it drives mm. Archie crazy. I, how, why do I remember that episode? Why? This is like I, punishing I, I don't me. remember why it was, but they were in the attic. No, no, and, why do I remember that episode? I I was you, so young when that was on. And, and like, you said and that. Meathead was sleeping on a cot. Yes, yes. And he takes his shoe, he takes his left shoe, like, I don't know which. That's but right. He, he takes off his left shoe and his left sock, and then his right shoe and his right sock. And mm-hmm. in like this is like from maybe a little bit past the exact prime. This is still when the show was totally roaring good. And uh, Carol O'Connor is just incredulous because he mm-hmm. already despises Mike. But like the the fact that he and then it turns into like basically kind of like a Seinfeld bit. Like, what are you doing with the way? You- yep, it was Seinfeld before Seinfeld. But yeah, that's a, that's a secret weird thing uh, example. Isn't that a pretty good example though? Something where like you'd never mm-hmm. like just to, to underscore what you're saying. Like you'd never think about it just because you're like this is just you know how I do it, and sometimes it takes another person for you to realize yeah it's like things things that you either do do in private all the time or you do with the people who taught you to do it that way like you just do it in your immediate family very often you'll discover these things when the first time you live with somebody i thought i thought everybody called poop this yeah you have a romantic partner that you move in together and all of a sudden someone who is not part of your family sees you doing all the things that people normally don't see you doing and then you all notice each other's secret weird things anyway the reason I bring this up again now, I'll put a link in the show notes to episode 112, and there are many, many episodes after it where we talked about this, so feel free to go back and listen, uh, because there is this concept that I've been sort of cataloging here for a little while of sec- was described <laughs> to us when someone sent it to us as secret weird things imitators, which is not really true because they've never heard of our program and they're not imitating no, no, us at no, all. No, no. No, just in in the world of the show, it's a bit that we. This is something we invented, but no, obviously there've been people doing that. But I mean, the, the All in the Family episode you decided from the seventies, right? Like, yes, this is yes. a common phenomenon that we've given this little name to, but then many other people talk about all the time. And I thought people might enjoy to have some links to see some other examples. One of them, strangely enough, is on georgetakai.com. Yes, that George Takai from from Star Trek. You don't say Takai. Takai Takai. I don't know. I'm not a Trekkie. Okay, George Takai. Georgetakay.com habits which aren't actually normal. We'll put it in show Right, and it's it's kind of, I can't tell if he's actually writing these or he's got staff that's compiling them, but no, this it's is somebody links called to John a bunch Curtis. of Reddit stuff that are similar to that of people discovering that they do things really weirdly. And if you want to see more of them, 
and want to see more sort of more salacious ones, this is sort of the tip of that iceberg. The, and that's from January 31st, 2023. We also have something from December 29th, 2022, which is a Reddit post, which was entitled, if it ever loads, what made you, oh God, yes, I'm over 18. What made you realize that something you always did wasn't normal? Uh, and I'm sure this is, not only is this the only, like, I'm sure this exact same idea comes up on Reddit, like annually and has for the past 20 years. Like, sure, absolutely, yeah. Uh, but feel free to read that thread to, to see some real hair curling stuff. I think the the most famous one that people may have heard of, which may or may not be real like anything else on the internet, um, and unlike the uh, absolutely verifiably real things that we tell you about our lives on this show, yeah, uh, was we're, the we're, person we're who was sitting so. on the toilet seat to poop without putting the seat down. Yeah. This is, this is one that was a twice-told tale in the early days of the internet. Yep. And you, you'll see it come up again and again, whether people are just copying, pasting, or reinventing it. It is a tradition but that's a perfect example if yeah if you were either taught to do it that way or were not taught and just decided to do it that way most of the time you're in the bathroom you're by yourself with the door closed and people don't see you and can't critique it until until you make the mistake of mentioning it i think we talked about when we originally discussed this topic the person who thought the unicorns were real and brought up in casual conversation in their 30s but then like i didn't know narwhals were real until my kid's friend told me well that's not true i thought narwhals were like didn't you have encyclopedias as kids yeah yeah but we, we didn't have the ends he didn't have the N. Yeah, all right. It's probably MN, right? If it's World Book, MN is one. I mean, I had the 1976 update. I think they knew narwhals existed in the 70s. I love that band. Um, anyway. And what was the that, other that one? Was, that was one. What was the other one? Do you what, have another narwhals? one? Oh, I thought, sorry. I thought you had another. Oh, there's that Reddit. That's what you were talking about. Yeah. I just thought we'd put these links in the notes. And to let, because people kept sending us these like, hey, they're doing the same thing that you're doing. Have you found any more for yourself or like from your personal experience being a person uh, or see. have you got any new ones? Because like, I mean, it's sometimes they are very, very subtle and like not a big deal. The the like not knowing how to use a toilet. I mean, that's that's obviously a little I mean, bit. To, here's the thing to find new ones. You need to have essentially intimate contact with people who you don't haven't had intimate contact with. If you're just hanging out with your family, like my wife's seen everything that I do. Right. I've seen everything that she does. So have my but kids. Like, like you have to be like in a cafeteria watching strangers eat to like notice something that's right. strange. Like have to like have go a, camping yeah. with a bunch of people who I was just acquaintances with. And now we're living together or something, or, you know, be, be forced into a situation where I'm living with a bunch of strangers who uh, don't know me. And they would surely notice the secret weird things that I'm doing that I don't realize are weird and point them out. That's a really good point. Roommates are where you, for uh, the obvious reasons, for anybody who's ever had a, a roommate, uh, housemate, if you like. Not, I mean, I don't mean necessar- necessarily a romantic partner, but like flatmate, you, know, you would call it a flatmate, yeah, or, or a dorm dorm person, mm-hmm. um, a person of dorm. We call them. Um, is is like it's you, there's just so much you didn't know about other people. You know what I'm saying? Like, or didn't that, or I, didn't know about yourself until someone no, pointed I know, out. I know, but I mean, I guess what I'm saying is, before you ever get into the extreme, the more extreme stuff, like there is just this more basic thing of like, you know, okay. When I told you about, I told you about my friends when I was kids, kind of dragging these really nice people, the Yavacolis, uh, really cool Italian family, and their house always smelled so weird to me. In a way, perhaps the Yavacolis go to, you know, a non-Italian person's house and it, it smells wrong to them. You know what I mean? Like, but like those things, like you go into someone's house and you're just like, oh, I could, I just, I could not be here. And like, this just, but like when you, they just assign you a roommate randomly and you're like, oh man, I didn't know people were like this. 
Like just like he doesn't you know little weird compulsions and stuff that people have or like hang ups. It could just be stuff like how we lock the door. But like there are these things where you never really think about how many different ways there are to be about something until you have that little bit of exposure. And that's before you ever get to the stuff we're talking about. Here's one. Here's one with somebody who I've had plenty of contact with, but not in the same context as if you were like living with somebody. Jason Snell, I do the Robot or Not podcast with him. There's an upcoming episode, I think it was not yet released, where we discuss cereal, like breakfast cereal. Right. Um, and I forget what the topic was. You'll hear it on the show. But there was a side conversation that we had, I think, after we had finished recording about cereal. Uh, and I think he, he sent me a picture of like a bowl of cereal that he'd eaten that morning or something. And I looked at the picture. Uh, it, was, it was a discussion about like how much milk for how much cereal, right? Right. And I looked at his picture and I said, that is so unlike the cereal that I make for myself in the following ways. And we have this uh, instant message discussion and I sent him a picture of my in cereal. More than, like, in more than like, you know, because I, I remember the rule of thumb when I was a kid was with Cheerios in particular, you had just enough milk for the Cheerios to start floating. And that's probably more than enough. Do, do, so like beyond though, how much milk? Well, that was kind of the thing. Different? How much cereal, how much milk? Like the, the thing ratio. that I never, the thing that it never occurred to me to question was like when you're done, what does it look like essentially? Right. And his, when he was done, looked very different than mine. And then I'm like, how much milk did you put in there? And he did a video of it. Like, here's me pouring the cereal. I, I, you know what I have to tell you before you tell me? Like I, I, I cannot guess which is which, but my my off the dome, my guess is, Jason had a lot more milk left in the bowl than you did. No, no. So from my perspective, the way Jason makes cereal is he puts a tiny amount of cereal in an enormous bowl, then splashes it with a tiny bit of milk. And to me, it looks like he didn't put any milk in it at all. And then he eats it. And when he's done, there's no milk left. And I'm like, that's not how he makes cereal at all. I don't know which one right. of us is secret or weird. But I would not have guessed before we had that discussion of the huge variability in how people prepare and yeah. eat very similar Something cereal. Something that seems, seems impossibly, I'm like, like one bit in some, not one bit, but you know what I mean? Like, well, here's the question. Like, you're going to be provided with cereal. How much milk do you want? Like, what else is there to talk about? Yeah, I mean, he uh, chose know, the amount of cereal to put into, and I think part of yeah. the problem is his bowls are so much bigger than the bowls that I see cereal out of, which is another factor that you don't think about. Oh, it's a cereal yeah, bowl, Peter, right? Peter his Jackson bowl was, bowls. Yeah. His bowl was so much bigger than my cereal bowl. Just so much bigger. And that, that throws off everything. And then the amount of milk he put in, like, if I had that little milk, like there's only one thing of milk left and there's this much milk left. <laughs> yeah, but we know, and, we know, John, if and, I may, we know that you are a household that usually is pretty well stocked with milk. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, these days, now that I'm buying all the milk, it's much less of an issue. You, your wife like, is off her milk habit? I, I thought you had like a separate refrigerator that was mostly for milk. No, as I'm, the more, the more uh, grocery shop, I'm doing more grocery shopping now. And the more okay. grocery shopping I do, the closer we run to the, you don't, like, I do not buy 10,000 things of milk anymore. Oh, oh well, this has got to be stressful for you and the family. And <gasps> she, she complains about it all the time. She's like, we don't have enough milk. You need to get more milk. I'm like, John, I'm, I'm not even kidding. I know we don't have time, but I'm not even kidding. That sounds like there's, I just knowing myself, literally just thinking of myself, I could think of so many ways that could be stressful in unanticipated ways. Yeah. I mean, for me, I like it. That's very disruptive to a lot right. of workflows. But she, she needs really needs there to be many, many reserve milks for her to feel comfortable. And I do <laughs> and not phones. have that problem. <laughs> just stock up. 
anyway, so that's the closest thing. Because like, again, this is somebody I've known for years. I've, you know, I've we've seen each other in person many, many times. I've gone to his house. He's been to my house. Like, it's not like he's a stranger. He made, he made my family biscuits one time. It was really yeah. good. And yet we had never had occasion to see either either of us see each other. Well, there, there you go. I, I, have, I still have so many friends, people I talk to probably today. Like, I think you say Greg Noss. I'm pretty sure of that one. But like mm-hmm. people like, well, Greg to me is like a Hall of Fame human. I've, I've been gushing about him a little bit on Mastodon because I love him so much. And I'm so glad he's there. He's so funny. Um, but Greg Noss, like I, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Mm-hmm. I, I have so little, and I know this is, all, this is also a bit, but like, it, but this also does kind of go for stuff like pronunciation where you don't find out for a really long time. Like you start using a fancy word in front of your family and they don't know any better. And then you use that fancy word in front of someone else. And they're like, I can't think of a good example now, but they're like, why are you saying it like that? That's not how you, you, you know, you sound like a hillbilly when you talk like that. And, and I think it also kind of relates weirdly to our other topic that we're not doing tonight, which I can tease at this point. So the things that took each of us too long to realize, isn't that kind of related in some ways? Because it involves certainly self-knowledge on some level, right? Like why, you know, I did not know self-knowledge and other knowledge and the disparities that you can have between those, even over something as simple as how somebody eats a bowl of cereal. We're like, what are you doing with that cereal? I'm not mad, but I really actually don't understand what you're doing. I think the first example of this you ever came up with that I remember was that you like to be really warm. You're a person who tends to be cold. And I think you said that your wife tends to be warm. And so you get pretty dressed bundled up when you go to bed. And I think that was, is it fair to say that's one of the, on this program anyway, that, that's one of the original secret weird things people do is your wife saying, do you realize how weird you are for having this many layers just to go to bed? Yeah, although that one, I mean, I did know that I bundle up more than most people. I think it would be, would have been more shocking if I was with one of those people who can't imagine the idea of wearing socks to bed for example like yeah i I saw saw a headline about that today i'm like i know everybody's stupid now and but like Mm, why is that why is like if you wear socks to bed you're nuts or something like that i was like what 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 could that possibly mean i mean you know about the naked sleepers right i mean i know that people like to be a certain way and then people Mm -hmm. write about it it's weird and then all i mean you talk about you talk about this with roderick all the time the people on the airplanes and you can see their toes and both you flip out over it well I would well, prefer what? not to <laughs> All right. flip flip out, you know. I mean, you can see it's their toes, fingers, John. Too. It's toes. I know. You can see their fingers, too. Fingers are just the toes fingers of the upper body. Fingers are not toes, John. <laughs> do do you understand that there's the, the requirements for pants differ from shirts, from a sociological, like, well, public But, but shorts basis. exist and short, short, short sleeve shirts. Anyway. Shorts exist, but they still cover your dick. <laughs> <laughs> toes are not the dicks of the feet <laughs> i think an argument could be made that if anything is the dick of a foot it would be a toe yeah. this is why if you think about it really think about it this goes into also reflexology i don't know if those are non-binary well they would be wait uh not the camera on oh there's Except a joke for hammer here toes, what yeah. is it base 10 base 10 what about base 10 because just toes unless you're not privileged with that you got 10 toes that's sure is that is that it that's why that's why we have base 10 because we have 10 toes and 10 fingers. That see? That I feel like I brought it all together and my only point is that like I think this is related these two topics. There's the topic we just talked about and now we're done we're going to leave in a second and then there'll be some member content after I urinate. But but like I just want to say like for me things that took me too long to realize. The lyric from the country song, the one that is the canonical one for me. You can't you can't help but do it. You can't help it. 
You can't be stopped. Do you understand that they're related? This is what I'm dealing with here, people. He can't be stopped. What are you saving, John? What are you saving? He can't be stopped. I can be stopped and I will be stopped. You, the listener, will now not know until a future episode of John's Choosing, you will never know what I consider the canonical thing it took me too long. The one that I had the most impact on me when it really hit me. Or if people listen to the show, they already know because you've said it on multiple past episodes. Okay. Okay. But what about that third item (laughs) with Roman numerals? I didn't realize that's how I was in my 40s. There's new stuff in here. That's why it's on the topic list. There's new stuff. Do you understand? Channel 19 is WXIX. (laughs) Do you know why it's WXIX? Because W is the call sign for east of the Mississippi, mostly. Because of the Romans. That's why. Because of the Romans. Hadrian. How often do you think about the Roman numerals? I'm my favorite Roman emperor. Hadrian. See, now I just stole that wholesale from Elliot Kalen. It's fine. Anyway, my point is, my point is WXIX was the UHF station. If you ever heard me say, uh, every day somebody's born who's never seen the Flintstones, I've written this up somewhere, but like mm-hmm. that's WXIX and it's called WXIX, the call sign is WXIX. It's a UHF channel. You know, VHF, you get, you got two to 13. And then when you go to UHF, you're doing, you're doing the unhinged format. Ultra high frequency. Ultra. That's why you need an antenna. And you go in there and you change the number on the clicker. You go, you go by PBS. And then you get to channel 19. That's where Creature Feature is. Channel 19 is WXIX. And the Roman numeral for 19. Does not include a W. That's a call sign. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that CGP Grave video about how confusing it is? I like his unhinged ones, like the one about airport codes. I, lo- I, love, I love when he really loses it. Or the one about like who owns Roosevelt. Did I say that right? Roosevelt Island. Isn't yeah. that one? Yep, I've seen them. Because they got water near New Jersey, and those guys are always over here going like, that's our island. Mm-hmm. If I said you had a beautiful body, no, no, no. would you hold it against me? We know, we know. Everybody knows. Because it's a double entendre. Like, I thought, I thought, I thought he was saying, would it, would it offend you mm-hmm. if yep. I said you had a beautiful body? Yep. I yep, thought that till I was in my 40s. One. I was that's a one. childbearing age. I'd already had ulcerative colitis. That's what I learned this and WXIX's channel 19. I'm not sure you can bear a child, but okay. I, I mean, so I do what I can every day. I wouldn't say mm-hmm. I bear it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's the way we ended the last episode, too. Did you know that? I, I wouldn't say what? I missed it. <laughs> I know. I li- yeah, okay. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> no, it's okay to do bits that have been done in past episodes. All well, right, that's the joke. The joke go is pee. if we ended it there. I get you it. You understand? I get it. No, I do. Go If pee. I said you had a beautiful body. I know. Would you? Everybody knows. Would you the hold world, it? The world knows. If I said you had a beautiful body, would you hold it against me? Go something kind of like that. Do you understand? And when you say to somebody, honk if you're horny, that's because horns make a honking sound. Save it. Next episode. Hey, everybody. Um, this is uh, Reconcilable uh, Differences. No, you have to pee. Oh, I know. Hey, everybody. <clears throat> Three. Um, hey, everybody. This is Reconcilable Differences, episode 226, recording on um, January 9th, 2024. And, uh, and thank you very much for listening and making it all the way through. And now, Jim, let's hear that jangly guitar. What do you think of that? Do you like that? So like I start the show really informally. I don't, I don't like it. Okay.